Welcome to the Student Manager. And the reason why it's called the Student Manager, you're going to soon about to find out. We are calling him right now. All right. It's longer news of the Student Manager. Fogster. What is up, coach? How are you doing? You are, Fogster, you are the man. I mean, <laughs> you're everywhere. You're full court press in America. You and Tom Archer have become best friends. You're basically building a statue for you in Wisconsin. I mean, it's unbelievable. Was that crazy? We ran into Arch and Madison over the weekend? It's legendary. So uh, uh, we're live on this podcast, and we're, we're going straight at it. The student manager. The student I, manager, <laughs> world's greatest manager. Although a couple of my other managers might disagree. <laughs> but you, you, you have claimed the position uh, for somehow, some way, and you have promoted it, so I guess you know Connor McDevitt's got to be you know. And I love Connor. Ears. Yeah, and I and I love Connor. I met him, but I, I, I'm not going to be biased. I, I, when you first met me, right? This was back in 1988, 89. I don't even know if you remember the story. We can elaborate on that. But what was your first thoughts of who is this Michael Fong, Fonger, Fongster, whatever you? whatever names you had for me and, and the meaning of the student manager, because we've had, this is the college basketball preview. You're like the third or fourth college basketball expert coming on. And we really do talk about how important the student manager is and what it means to a program. Well, I mean, I thought you were bat blank crazy first, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, well, you're right about that because I mean, like, I'm not sure a college basketball program can exist, uh, without, you know, the support of, of, of a good group of managers, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, because without a good group of managers, there's so many things behind the scenes that have to be done, uh, you know, and also set, setting a standard of, in terms of, you know, being on time, getting the court ready, obviously, you know, laundry de- details, getting stuff packed up for road trips, uh, you know, putting up crazy head coaches, uh, you know, being kind of a voice, uh, a little bit of voice in the locker room. Uh, you know, kind of eyes and ears, uh, you know, being the player's friend and being there for them, but also being a little bit of their conscience. Right. Uh, so uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of roles that a, a, a good manager plays. Now managers do that. They also do video. They also uh, help oversee Instagram and social media and, and other things as well as, you know, some, some staffs of 16, I was at Michigan the other day, they have 25 student managers. Yeah. yeah. 25, fong, 25 fongsters running around. And, and, and I'm not sure I could handle that. That's a lot. I And, and I don't know if I really, when I, when I got to Long Beach, Art, we got to pub him up. Uh, Dice, he was the senior manager and, and I was our freshman manager. And, and he really took me under the ropes and showed me back in the day we were using VCR tapes. And remember, we would set up the, the, the VCR tape way up on the gold mine or uh, in our gym, and then we would go in the locker room and and video film, or, or you would edit, and we would we would edit it, and and you guys would send those out, and and it's changed so much of of now how you film and how you break down the game uh, to when we were doing it. But- well, synergy does it all for you, and everything's done on a computer, and every, every everything is live logged. I mean, games are live logged where you right. know coaches can actually use that in locker rooms. Uh, so I mean, like. You, know, you might have a manager or so- someone in that type of capacity and with a little bit of a basketball background and he'll log offense, defense, special situations, shot attempts, transition plays, mm-hmm. uh, threes, uh, post-ups. And one person basically is a spotter. The other person does the logging just as the game goes along, ball screen defense, uh, coverages and everything else. Uh, so by the time the coach gets it, uh, if, you know, you, you can go on your computer and you can go to any aspect of the game uh, and review a game within, you know, you know, 40 minutes where, you know, right. back in the day it took, you know, hours upon hours. But, and you know, I wasn't on scholarship my first year. Obviously I got to travel a little bit and I got the swag, the shoes, the gear. Now when I talk to coaches, you know, I talk to Munson, I'll talk to Turner over at UC Irvine, Long Beach state and even Smitty up at uh, Cal Poly, their managers, it's, they're not required to be like, I had to be at everything. It was a full-time job for me. Now it's- Tom, you wanted to be at everything anyway. And that was your <laughs> domain. I mean, you know, I mean, like, who are you kidding? Like, I had to be at everything. You wanted to be at everything. I mean, you were like the center of everything that went on. I mean, 
it, and it hasn't changed. You, every, you wanted to give everyone a hard time, or you you know you wanted to act like you know you didn't know, but you knew everything that was going on. Come on, <laughs> and it hasn't changed. <laughs> exactly, I and mean, exactly, we saw you on the dance floor at the wedding. I mean, come on. I mean, now, now Fox, let me ask you this. Yes, did you ever think from that first meeting that you would be like center of attention in my daughter's wedding? Absolutely not. No, no way. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? it? At first, I wasn't able to go to Paige's wedding, right? I mean, so I'm yeah. sorry, wasn't able to, uh, we, we go to Paige's wedding. Ella's wedding. Wasn't able to go to Ella's wedding. And we go to Paige's wedding during the middle of a pandemic, right? And we didn't know what to expect in West Virginia. And the Greenbrier is a phenomenal place. I've been telling everybody about it. Uh, and it was such a great experience. Mm-hmm. And not only the people that were there from our Long Beach State days, but obviously meeting some of your newer friends and uh, like Zoe, who who, who you're, or, or Lafonso, who you're on TV with as well, and and uh, some of the other uh, ESPN personalities. Hagee, I mean all your oh. boys. I mean you're legendary right it, now. I, it, mean, I mean you're sending you're sending text messages to like your, own, <laughs> your own, like text chain. I mean it's unbelievable. Oh, uh, but that was an amazing wedding, and I told Maria, I said, you know what we. Wait, wait until uh, Jackie G gets married. That's going to be an amazing wedding. Now, I might have to live up to those expectations, but I'm going in just having fun, right? We just got to have fun. Oh, and we forgot. Sandra, when you went, wait, when you went, when you when you said after the whole thing was over, we're sitting around yeah. outside of Drapers, which is like a just one little restaurant, and it was closed. And you said, "Who wants ice cream?" And uh, oh. you asked, "Who wants ice cream?" And uh, I said, "Fine, Drapers is closed." He said, Coach, you always told me you got to get blank happy. You, know, you got to get, you got to make blank happy. You just got to make blank happy. You don't take no for an answer. Absolutely. And the next thing, next thing I know, there's a big tray of, of, of ice cream rolling out <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning. And everyone's like, and Mrs. G was looking at me. We're like, how many ice creams do you all want? Right? Because that's one of the things you did teach at Long Beach. And I, you don't realize it then. And I tell everybody, I said, I think some of the skill sets, the organization, the and dealing, think about it. We had 12 alpha dogs, maybe 10 or 11 because some of them weren't alpha dogs, um, but strong personalities. And you had to be so confident and you had to do things with conviction or else you would never get shit done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And you'd also have to set a standard. The biggest thing is, you know, no had to be no, and you had to set a standard and an expectation, and you had to try to help them get somewhere they couldn't get. And that, even if that meant being confrontational, that even if that meant taking something away from them, even if that meant making them uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, that that's that's the thing that, you know, I go around to, coach, to see practices today, and I feel bad because some coaches are afraid to coach your team. Uh, because of everything that's going on. And I used to say, if you really love your players and care about them, then uh, you know that eventually they'll figure it out. You know, your relationship with your players, your managers, everyone around your program changes, you know, from the recruiting stage or from, you know, first joining the program to, you know, graduation uh, to adulthood. I mean, it just it's it's there's just a metamorphosis of, how a relationship grows and matures and develops, it, and it's uh, you know it's nurtured along the years, uh, and then yeah, then then, you, then in the last stages, you know, hoping that those people that you were involved with end up you know taking some of those lessons and become you know good parents and good husbands and, and everything else. I mean, you, you coached for thirty four years and twenty two years as a head coach. Started out uh, your first head coaching job. Long Beach State, and then you went to University of South Florida, then Virginia Tech. But do you miss it? We talk about this all the time. Let's let's air it out. What do you miss, and what do you don't miss? I miss having to try to. I miss impacting someone's life. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's one of the things I miss the most. I mean, like you know, the only person I impact now is a gambler. <laughs> I mean, all my uh, buddies, all my degenerates. Yeah, yeah, all your degenerate friends. Uh, you know that that that's what I I miss. You know the most trying to have an impact and, and seeing you know you know the, the reunions when you see the guys when we all get together and right uh, you know and see you know who they are and how much they've grown and how, some have changed some haven't changed but I mean you know 
Yeah, that's the cool thing. And we've had some, you know, great, you know, we didn't have one last year because of the pandemic, but we've had some great, like, many reunions. Uh, I miss trying to put together a plan and seeing if it works. I tried to create a vision. Uh, you know, we're real successful at, at Long Beach State doing it. Not as successful at South Florida. It took me too long to figure out exactly the type of guys we had to have there. But, you know, we had great success in Virginia Tech. But you miss that. Uh, competition. You know, when you're, you know, the only competition I get now is on the golf course. Uh, you know, I mean, and we had, so hey, we had fun at that at Greenbrier too. Yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> and, 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 and a and, Pelican. And, and, yeah. And a Pelican, <laughs> the Fogster, very, very complete game. Uh, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, drive a little bit close to the greens. I mean, you think like there's no like area where you can't drive up close to, you can take a couple of stacks faster. I mean, you know, the exercise is all part of golf too, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I mean, uh, you know, the competition to, you know, to grind out and, and, and compete, right. uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed the recruiting. I didn't like the I didn't like the direction some of it was going because, uh, you know, I think the the enablement and uh, and guys, you know, did, you know, maybe didn't. You got to get lost in your teammates. You got to get lost in competing. You got to get lost in playing to win. And uh, you know, we live in a society where everyone's more concerned about themselves uh, than winning. And instead of like, if we win, everyone, as John Cal Perry would say, everyone eats. So uh, I miss it. You know, I mean, it, you know, it just. Uh, you know, right now, the you know the right opportunity. And now I'm 65, but you know, probably that's passed. But you know, the right opportunity just hasn't presented itself. I've had offers to coach again. I just the right one hasn't. You know, what was the closest? I, I, I almost I almost took one. Uh, I can't tell the school's name, but a year ago. But with the pandemic, with Karen's health, it was just not the right thing to do. That's right. I think we talked about that. I I mean, what what would it have to? And we talk about this a lot because when we were at Long Beach. Corey Johnson was our AD, and I always wondered who was this gentleman walking in with a suit and a tie. And if you also remember the business development representative Dan Radakovich, who now is the AD, one of the most powerful ADs, right? I I didn't realize. I mean, those are the things I I talk to student athletes and I students, and I said, when you're in college, it's all about networking. And not who you know, but who knows you. But those are two people that I, if I had to do it back all over again, I probably would have maybe stuck closer to them. Because remember, I wanted to be in journalism, broadcast journalism, like your major, right? Hanging out with Burley and Wags and and doing stuff like that. But All the great ones. Right? But we talk about, I'm getting on a side tangent, but athletic directors, that's your boss. How important does that relationship need to be with every coach and letting them, let allowing them uh, to, to allow you to do what you need to do and get the job done. Well, that's the most important thing. And I, you know, as you know, my biggest thing is if I took a job, I want to work with the athletic director, but work for the president. And uh, I think, you know, today it used to be just uh, back in the day, it used to be just the AD and, and it, it's really important uh, because, you know, athletic directors are fragile. And what I mean by that is, you know, they hire a coach, they want to win, they hire good people, that guy wins, then they got to pay him. Then they're making more money than the athletic director. And then there's a jealousy. So right. you've got to work for an AD that's very comfortable in his own skin, that, that wants to be, stand beside you and, and enjoy your journey and share it with you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's having the right AD is, is really important. And, you know, your relationship with your AD changes also. I mean, uh, you know, because uh, ADs are, uh, they're, you know, some, are extremely insecure in that because they, you know, sometimes they take a back seat in a lot of ways to, you know, the basketball and the football coach. And uh, even though they work in their tails off and working for the good of the group, uh, it's a, it, you know, finding that balance. But you know, having the right AD and having the right president that share your vision, that's the most important thing. If you have to have a shared vision, anything you do in, in life and in business. If the people that you're that's, that you're working beside, that you're in it with, don't have a shared vision, then you're going to have uh, a breakdown of communication. Well, that's the way it is in business and life in general. 
uh, having that vision and, and are you all working for a common goal? Uh, we were just up at, um, well, again, Madison, and we got to spend some time with Marie and I have been getting to know the Wisconsin athletic director who just got hired, who took over for Barry Alvarez. Uh, and you know, now it's going to be working for you. Know, Foxster, yeah. you didn't waste any time. You just go right to the AD. You're AD folk. Hey, by the way, I'm Foxster. You Yo. want to know me. I understand that. <laughs> you taught me. You got to go. It's in sales. It's basic sales 101. You go directly to the top and then you work your way down, right? It's the way it is. The way it is, Foxster. I got look. Hey, a whole, a, a whole plate of, uh, tray of, of ice cream just came out that door uh, that, i don't know how it showed uh, up that, but it showed up it showed up and, and you got to have some personality and you got to work you got to work the crowd it's okay your major okay you went to fairly dickinson and and, 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 and and your major was journalism right yeah, communications. But if I don't recall, and I, I remember the the media guides when I when I was a senior in high school, then I'm coming to Long Beach State and I'm seeing those little preseason media guides. It said something. I thought I read something where when you graduated before you went to Miami, one of your first jobs wasn't something to do with carpet sales. No, world coach. <laughs> okay, I always, but you're a. When you recruit, at the end of the day, you're selling. You're selling your program. You're selling the university. And you have to have those communication skills with your, uh, as we were just talking about it, your president, your AD, but also with your players and your staff. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's you're selling them on a vision. You, have, you try to take them on a journey and help them reach a you know so, you know get somewhere and and be successful. And you know you've got the first meeting you have with your team. You've got to. You know, sell, you know, create like when you take over a job, your first meeting with teams is one of the most important meetings because you've got to create a vision for that program and they've got to buy in and, and want to join you on that journey. Uh, you know, when you meet with the media, you've got to be able to communicate and 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 kind of present that picture and 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 connect with them. And obviously, on your campus, you know, I mean, like, you know, think about the crowds we had at, at Long Beach State and think about how hard we worked to get the students there. I mean, and, 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 you know, the things that we did. So, you know, you know, to me, yeah, you've got to be able to, you know, send or receive your feedback. That's what, that's what communication is. Uh, and, you know, it's sending and, and, and having it receiving and then feedback. So what do you have to do? Sometimes you got to be part of communication is, is listening. Right. But, uh, but, uh, no, I think that, uh, you know, a big part of what anyone does, and that's why I major in communications, even though I always wanted to coach is because, you know, everything you do in life is about connecting with people and you can't connect with people unless you can communicate. When you were at Long Beach, uh, obviously you and Hondo, Joe Harrington, were selling the vision to uh, the Southland. I mean, a lot of great players stayed. Uh, but the first thing that pops up in my mind, remember the lime uniforms, the LA gear, the fluorescent? Yeah. Let's talk okay. because people hear about the stories uh, and I tell them stories and we'll get into it. But what was up? What was the what was the whole vision of California that? Gold? They, they, <laughs> they convinced us. That company convinced us. Uh, that was actually it wasn't even an LA Gear uniform. That was a a uniform company that was just okay. starting up that wanted to create. Originally, you know, obviously everyone knows that Long Beach State's colors originally were were brown. Correct. And it, it was almost impossible to make a good looking uniform in brown. And uh, between George Allen and ourselves, we got the university to change their colors to black and gold. From the black and gold became this, this company approached us uh, and they had this great idea, you know, 49ers, the gold rush, California gold, <laughs> they called it California gold. And uh, I still, I still remember that, you know, it was some guy approached me and I, I said, well, make us, you know, make us a Jersey, let us, you know, uniform, let us look at it. I'll bring it to Joe and, uh, and here, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, two days later, here come these uniforms that like, you know, like look like a highlighter, right? Like human hi highlighters, but they were so different that they were good. Yes. And, 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 and the players loved them. And you know, one thing you want a uniform that the players love and are proud to put on. And then, uh, and they, they just kind of took off. We won a lot of games in those uniforms, but on TV, you know it didn't look the way it looked in person, if you remember. It's, yeah, it was it was a little greener, right? TV, right? I loved yeah, those. I, I mean, as part of the uh, Foxster, yes, that TV was a, a 
a long time ago, you know, it, it wasn't these, you know, 8,000 pixel TVs, you know, back in the day, shoot, we were just barely out of black and whites. You're <laughs> those uniforms. I, you, you'd still be coaching right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I look 10 years younger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, those uniforms are great. And, and the players loved them. And, uh, yeah, and that was and that was a market. And the same thing with the beach. That was Corey Johnson's idea. The only school in the country with, with beach in its name. Right. Uh, so we became we became the beach. Actually, it was Dave O'Brien's idea. Uh, uh, and I, and the beach thing was a was a brilliant idea because of association and, and recruiting. The other thing we did was, if you go on four hundred five, or even I think the five as well, uh, those overhead signs. All roads lead to Long Beach. You know, no matter what direction you're going, uh, you know. You would see a, a big, you know, sign on on the highway saying Long Beach, you know, kind of going in that direction. Right. And uh, and I remember, I remember taking pictures of that, and then we we used it, you know, kind of in recruiting. I say you talk about a place, you know, you know, the, we didn't say this, but our mind, they didn't say Fullerton. All roads weren't leading to Falls; they were leading to Long Beach. They, they, they were leading to Long Beach, and they were leading. Do you remember? I was shocked out of my mind. You, we, we have at the time we had football. We had some recruits coming to town, and normally they would stay with the players, correct? Uh, yeah. And this one time, you came up to me. You're like, "Fongster, I got a recruit. You got to take him out." Mike Atkinson, and I'm like, "Me? What, coach? Why? Why are you having me take him out? Do you remember that?" <laughs> Not exactly. Not exactly. We had a game that day, though, right? We had a game the next day. Yeah. Yes, Mike, we did. I, th I, th I think Mike visited. I think Mike visited uh, for. I'm trying to think what game. It might have been San Jose State. It was San Jose State. Uh, yeah, because right, was... he was from up there, and yep. and they were they were recruiting him. I figured if we <laughs> spanked them pretty good, that... he'd say he'd want to be in a place that could win. And and our guys had our guys had uh, had curfew and film. It, absolutely. So you made me take him out. I can say this now because he's graduated, but we went to the Sigma Pi house. You're like, just take him out. Show him a good time. I'm like, all right. But we weren't going to the different kind of other fraternities that were on the team. We, You wanted me to take him to uh, specific Greek life fraternities, which you obviously did a great job in because I remember every Monday you would promote. That's how you would get students. But I specifically remember that recruiting trip. And then the next day we went to Schooner or Later. And, and that was a great place to, to, to have recruits. Nothing bad. Schooner or Light is the greatest <laughs> breakfast place in the world. Right, right. A, a memory that I have, all right, let's see if you can remember this one. Do you remember the time, who's the only manager that got a technical foul after the first half and the reason why? Uh, um, that's You're going to have to help me on that one. <laughs> we were at Utah State. And I forget. I got thrown out at Utah State, so. I, I don't know. Well, you got thrown out a few games, but this one specifically. After halftime, we were out on the court, and you guys stayed in the locker room a little bit longer. And they, they and I, I, I never knew they would, now that I coach you sports, they're like, same lineup, same lineup. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're, we're having the same lineup. But you made a change. I think Rudy Harvey at the time, you subbed him in or subbed him out. Well, within 30 seconds of the second half, the whistle blows, technical, and I had no idea what was going on because I just thought I was doing my job. Like, yeah, those are the five. I was trying to be a coach. Uh, and you threw your jacket at me, and you said, if we lose, you're walking home. We as I should as I should have thrown my jacket at you. <laughs> but we did. We did win that game, and I remember, God bless him, Kasuchi is no longer with us. We were running out of the spectrum. We won by one point. It was like uh, I'm trying to think because yeah, well, well, we beat Utah State a couple times. My yes. last time there, we beat them by about a hundred, and then we lost <laughs> lost to to them in the uh, in the tournament, Big West tournament. Uh, we, like we we've had interesting events, and uh, you know, I got thrown out at Utah State, and we we had interesting events uh, up in up the spectrum, which is a great you know one of the great home courts, obviously. Uh, absolutely, I mean the seats are all nasty, different colors. Uh, I want you to share with my audience because this is all I got to say is the date, January 25th, 1993. What transpired before and then what transpired after on that road trip? Because this is one of the greatest victories in Long Beach State's history. Uh, not only who they played, but who against, but then. Oh, oh are you an LV? Are you an LV trip? Uh, this is the, uh, oh, no, VC, the Kansas game. VCU, then to Kansas. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, the VCU was a lot of fun. I try to forget that as much as I can. Uh, we went to, uh, we actually, what people forget is we played Pacific. That I think of it was that Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. In the pyramid and one played well. And we took a red eye that, that night or the <laughs> next day to Richmond. I think it was a connection. And then we, yes. we got in. Remember that? That flight was delayed. And we got in really, really like late, literally early. Yeah, le- early, <laughs> like the day of the game early. Like it was, we got in like at 11 and the game was at seven, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes. Pretty close? Yes. And uh, we absolutely got our ass kicked. Kendrick Warren did a chin up on the rim on a missed shot and dumped it back. Sonny Smith came over to our bench, put his arm around me after they're up about 40. He goes, now, Seth, you don't want to get thrown out. This game is over. I said, Sonny, you're right. Uh, and we were we, and we just got our ass kicked. I mean, there was no way to. And, and, and there was a little bit of a reason. I mean, like we, we had no legs, you know, traveling right. across country. Then next morning we woke up and we flew to uh, Lawrence, Kansas, where it was absolutely frigid. They were playing. Actually, that's why I think it was a, it was a Friday because they they uh, they were playing uh, a TV game, or maybe they were playing on yeah. a Sunday. I th- yes, yeah, no, no, I think it was a Friday because, uh, and that's why we took the Red Eye Thursday, played Friday at Richmond. Uh, Kansas was played Colorado the day before on the road. And we were playing for money. It was actually a big Monday game. Yep. And and uh, so we can, we got to Lawrence, and everyone thought, oh, you know, coaches is going to be easy on us. And we had probably one of our hardest on the road the day before a game. We practiced our rear ends off, and we did some things strategically that we put in, and in terms of matching up and opening up the court and opening up the floor for back doors. Um, you know. I think Dan Bailey gave him one, one of his great togetherness. We're doing it together. Pick everyone up with your pinky speeches. Uh, you know, we talked about playing four minutes at a time, and we absolutely kicked Kansas's ass. But as you know, one of the funniest things about that game was like, we're up, what were we up, about 15 at the half? Yes. You're gonna, and then every, you kept on looking at Bales. Four minutes. Yeah, Bales. I, and every four minutes, because you were sitting next to me, I go, Bales, what do you think? So at the 16 minute time, I go, Bales, what do you think? He, and every every answer Bales would give me, he goes, they are number one in the country. I go, thanks, Bales. I, I, thanks I for reminding me. I remind you. Yeah, 12 minute mark, we're up like 16. I go, Bales, what do you think? Just you know, a little reassurance or something. He goes, you don't even make a run. I said, appreciate it, Bales. You know, finally we get to you know, you know, the uh, twelve minute, and he gives me some snarky comment again, and we're winning pretty good. And finally, with four minutes to go, we're up a bunch of points, and I'm I'm squatting in front of the bench, you know, <laughs> screaming about something, and he taps me on the shoulder and goes, "Will you relax? We got this thing. We done. got this. We got this one. <laughs> yeah, we got this." But Bales was the greatest, and he was a he was a you know he was a great coach's aide. Uh, you know, he was a terrific trainer, he was yes. incredible at rehab, but he was also just a voice of reason and a conscience. Um, not to be outdone by that was the time I ran over his back in the day before laptops were fashionable. Bales had his IBM laptop that he had his, his, um, all his business on his physical therapy business. And, uh, he, he would always drive the vans because, you know, at that point, Long Beach didn't give us buses to go up the spectrum we took vans and somehow we were in the snow so he was helping shovel out the snow he told me get in the car and back the <laughs> back back the van out and he, he forgot he, he forgot to pick up he put stuff down and he didn't move it and i ran right over his brand new laptop <laughs> and I, I, I mean just crush just crushed the thing it was unbelievable Oh, and it was like it, it was like back in the day where like you know laptops were few and far between. Exactly like ahead of the curve, and and I just remember, <laughs> I remember Bales. We got up to the we got up to the Bar Hotel, and we did our walkthrough the night before, and it was a little pizza place right next to the Bar Hotel. And Bales, I mean, I think he 
he knocked out a couple of cold beers in, in memory of his laptop. He, 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 we loved him because he always had our meal money. Remember that during that break in oh, January? Yeah. I, yeah. And, and okay, we get meal money, right? But all the players, yeah, yeah, meal money was like twenty dollars a day, right? <laughs> yeah, but people were well back then. It was either the cassette tapes or the CD players or the headphones. It's like, aren't we all like eating? Like, what are we doing? But we always had games and stuff. But what another memory I have is. Uh, uh, for all the times we got our ass kicked by Yonel V when they had the NBA team, who would have known if, if I would have known, you're talking about degenerate gamblers. Do you remember the game plan for the semifinals? Was it the semifinals or the finals? When the over under, like every when I held was, the ball, when we held the ball, do you remember? And I tell yeah. my friends this, they're like, what the heck? I go, yeah, I go, the game plan. When did you and Hondo come up with that game plan? No, that was my, that was my team. That was uh, oh, that was our first gone. year. That was that's right. But but when it uh, <laughs> well, basically the idea was if you went down. Our the only chance to beat UNLV right there that 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 team was to take them out of transition, not turn it over, set your defense, uh, and spread the floor. Because if you tried to trade baskets with them, you were not you didn't have any chance to win. Yeah, we lost by thirty and, earlier in the year two times. Yeah, so I, you know, the mind, the mindset was just to have, you know, I thought we were going to have a really good team next year, and I, you know, I didn't want to end the season on a, you know, getting blown out, and uh, so it was to, you know, own the tempo and the rhythm of the game, and you know, uh, at least it kept us in the game. I mean, there's no doubt about that. That was a better decision than having uh, President McRae sitting on our bench. My first game against UNLV uh, at the Lumbee <laughs> Arena. Where he went, he went a wall in the second half. But I mean, that's okay. Uh, we were we were getting our ass kicked. Yeah, I mean the the game, the strategic game plan that you had. I think the over under was probably maybe one eighty, one seventy. Halftime score was twenty five to twelve. And yeah, I, I we think were, I think we were right in it. yeah, we were right in it. And I think we kept that game plan. The, the final result was like forty nine twenty something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I think we I think we got to the 30s. <laughs> uh, but 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 I mean the the thing was we you know we weren't you know we we were trying to frustrate them because there was no, like anyone that team was so talented and they scored so quickly and I knew we were going to have a good team the next year if we could just you know kind of keep those guys together. Now like in today's deal, you know with with instant eligibility, I mean half of the and NIL, half half of that team would have got recruited right off our team. They, yeah, they would have been gone. So that's a great transition. The game has changed so much. Any, anything I can do to help. Exactly. The, I mean, whatever I can do to help. You, you are the you, you coach the audience. You're the clinic out there, as Romy calls you. As as we are in today's world, the the transfer portal. I mean, what. If you were coaching today, would you be recruiting high school players, or would you re- be recru- recruiting out of the transfer portal? I'd recruit high school players. I think they're going to be guys that slip through the cracks, especially like at Long Beach State. Uh, I, I would recruit both, but I would, I you know, I think the people are really missing. Look, recruiting is two parts of recruiting. You know, obviously the recruitment part of it, but the other part is evaluating. And I think that guys do a bad job evaluating. You've got to find guys not where they are, but where they're going. Right, I and mean, that's that's the most important thing. And you know, what's their upside? What's their potential? And then you've got to develop players. Uh, so I think what's happening, and right now, and you're seeing it. You know, you're seeing a lot of these kids who put their name in the portal, and everyone lost their minds about this. But every team, even bad teams, have leading scorers. Uh, and it's not about acquiring talent; it's about acquiring fit. So, like that guy who was the leading scorer, maybe at a lower level or on a bad team. All right, now how he's going to assimilate to moving to a team where his role has changed, where he's not a volume scorer anymore, where he's got to learn how to play with other good players, where he's got to not be one-dimensional and uh, be a volume shooter, but have good shot selection. And so I think what's what we're seeing is we're seeing some guys make tra- you know, seamless transitions. But we're also seeing some guys that are absolutely out of their element because, you know, the games are tighter, the games are more important, you're playing to win, you're not just playing to play. And uh, so I, I, I would try to find a balance. I don't think I would live in the portal. Right. I think I, what I would do is, uh, you know, do what I, what we did. I mean, figure out your geographical footprint 
recruit guys that had the potential to get better uh, and who guys who are in love with the game and want to work on their game and want to be coached and then complement them with, you know, guys uh, in the portal. And also, you know, you know, like say at a place like Long Beach, I, w- I would tell a kid, hey, we're going to help you. We're going to have a great program. We're going to win games and we're going to be successful. But at the end of two years, when we get you to the point where people realize how good you are, I said, I know it. I'll know any coach in the country. I'll just pick up the phone and, and you tell me where you want to go and I'll help you get there. Right. And Com- almost treated as a junior college. If you had to do it all over again, would you have left Long Beach? Uh, probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, you know, look, it worked out great for me. I'm a coach in the ACC, win coach of the year, rebuilding a program. Uh, you know, you know, probably probably not because you know, as Carol, the, the UCLA alum of our family said, you know, <laughs> we stayed there. I said, you might have been the head coach of UCLA for all we know. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> you know, uh, but no, uh, you know. Again, it worked out great. Our family had a great life. You know, the girls, you know, two of them went to, you know, Virginia Tech. And Jackie had a great experience at Villanova. And, like, I have nothing to complain about. I, you know, you know, absolutely fortunate, fortunate to help build programs. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of a lot of things that went into that decision. And, you know, changes of athletic directors is always a thing. You know, you don't want to, you know, you want, you, know, you want to work for the person that hired you. Uh, and that was a, a big, big thing. Uh, the direction at the time of, uh, you know, that loss that to Utah State and the lack of support uh, that we had in, and we didn't even make the NIT that year. We dominated, we dominated the the Big West, and even you know, I didn't think that we had great support in the in the league office. I mean, we had to stay. Things were so tight. We had to stay and watch the semifinal and the finals of the Big West tournament because it wasn't in the budget. It was cheaper to change our flights. You know, so uh, but things have things have changed. I mean, you look. I mean, look at the salaries of the Big West. The coaches are getting paid real money. Yes. I mean, uh, I mean, real money. And uh, you know, the Big West is uh, it's, it's more of a bus league now, but but it's a league of commonality. Uh, you know, I, I still, and I'm biased, obviously. I think I think Roman shit's the best job in the league just because of the pyramid and there is a core base of fans. Uh, it's in a great location. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't like to look backwards. I like to look forwards. I, you know, obviously, uh, I've been very fortunate. You know, a great family and, uh, you know, had a chance to coach, you know, really terrific young players and players and build programs and, and now have a, you know, a great job that, working with a great group of people at ESPN. So Absolutely. About. And, and you know what? Things happen for a reason. And, and you, I just feel fortunate and, and, and my boys, you, your teammates, your, uh, we were your first head coaching job. I mean, from assistant, that first team, will that team always be special to you and why? Yeah, those guys are great. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, they grew with me, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, but they, you know, the, the great thing about that group is they wanted to be coached. They loved the ball. They, you know, they loved the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, we had a cast of characters, but really good people that came to practice every day and just busted their ass. Uh, understood my passion uh, and how much, you know, like I always tell people, people say, you know, you, you know, like even my daughter's dad, you were crazy. But players got to understand how much you care. Like the times I was most upset with our guys is when they made bad decisions in terms of their academics or, mm-hmm. you know, did something, you know, away from basketball, you know, the basketball stuff, look, you're going to make shots, you're going to miss shots, you're going to challenge them, you're going to push people in practice, you're going to try to get them to play hard, redefine playing hard, redefine playing for each other, being unselfish. But the times that, you know, you really get upset is, is, uh, you know, when they, when their education is more important to you than it is to them, uh, or yeah. they make bad, they may make bad personal decisions. And you talk about that it, uh, thing I live by, and I tell my kids: nothing good happens after midnight, right? Nothing good happens after midnight. I've been saying that <laughs> forever. And if you look at every story that goes around, I, I said, "When did that happen?" Oh, yeah, our coach always said nothing good happens after midnight. But you were you had to always think like that phone was going to ring, and it did a few times. But oh, it did, it did, it did. <laughs> once on vacation, once on family vacation. 
it's, which it, didn't go over. We won't get into that, but didn't go over very well. <laughs> you're right. It, it, cause it, it keeps you up at night. The, the, and that, that drive back from San Diego and then back to San Diego and leaving, you know, two little girls and, and your wife was not a lot of fun, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, you, you tried it, you tried it. And, you know, it's, it's funny as, as I became a head coach, one of the things I left every single practice with is make good decisions, especially today. There's one bad decision because of social media and everything else and camera phones and all that jazz. One bad decision can impact the rest of your life and there's no way to get back from it. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to transition because I know time is tight. We obviously we've had coach Munson on, we had coach Turner on, uh, talking about the college basketball season. We're already one, one and a half week into it. What surprises have, have you seen? And, and I've only seen a few games and, and I'm going to get into one that we went into in person, but I got to tell you being at Polly pavilion with fans and watching, uh, cause Obviously, we went to football this fall, but basketball games, it's so great to be in an arena, isn't it? Well, that's that's the big thing, Monster. <laughs> I mean, just being back in the arena is just, you know, be, you know, like you can feel the season. Yes. And I think that's – and, then, you know, you couldn't feel the season a year ago. Right. Uh, you, we, had, we had a season. Thank goodness we had a season. But you couldn't feel the season. And I think that's, you know, you know by being there and being at – you know, champions and hearing, you know, go, let's you know, go, but go big blue and let's go Duke and just the energy and the passion and the ownership and the emotion, all those things, uh, man, it's, it's great. I'm so happy for the players because you know what they went through last year with the, the testing and the, you know, the uncertainty and the games being canceled and the quarantine, no different than anyone else. I mean, I got, and I got in a little bit of trouble last year when I said this, I mean, like I feel bad for players. I also feel bad for the mom and dad or have a hard time putting food on their table or, you know, or the, you know, the, the child that lost her, you know, his, his or her father or, or mother or uncle or aunt or grandparent to the virus. So, uh, you know, it was really, really difficult. The officials and their travel and, uh, and making the season happen. Uh, you know, I feel for, I feel for everyone. I and mean, we were in a pandemic. It was, it was the most unnatural thing, yet we got through the season. So it's great to be back in the arena. It's great to see live sport in person. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it's, 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 it's great to feel the passion and feel the excitement. And so uh, it's really good. It's really good. I'm, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to Vegas in a couple of days. To, we're doing our all our studio shows from Vegas for – uh, you know, the Maui Invitational, which Wait a minute. moved from... <laughs> Time out. This is going to be totally unscripted because I will be out there Tuesday because you know who's playing, right? <laughs> who's playing Tuesday? Well, uh, well I well, have... UCLA's playing Tuesday. They are. I have Wisconsin losing to Texas A&M on Monday, and I'm going to just fly out Tuesday, and I'm going to watch uh, guards team either the 11:30 game or the 2:30 game, and hang out with some people from Wisconsin, and then I'm going to fly home. Are, are you are you like this? Are you are you like the mascot of Wisconsin? And all of a sudden, you just you know you just pick up and just shoot over the game. I'm going to be I'm going to be Bucky the Badger. <laughs> so I can't understand. Uh, yeah, we're going. To, we're going to be in the studio on 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 uh, that two. Uh, I get there Monday, and then okay. I'm uh, we're there till Friday. All right, we'll we'll have to connect. Um, so I do You're have unbelievable Fox, uh, right? Unbelievable. I, I do have followers. Texas A&M is not very good either. Though. Oh, great. I mean, so, so they might have a game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I, I was, I watched Wisconsin the other day. Uh, they don't have scores. They can't score right now. They can't, they can't score. score right now. And they're young. Yeah. So for all the people, and you know what, let's talk about Wisconsin. I don't even have them making the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they're going to have a hard time making that NCAA tournament. I mean, you can't. They lost really good players. And they, right. you know, Davis, I want to see him with Davis back. Right, he's he's out right now. Correct. Isn't that correct. I don't even know if he's going to play Monday. Yeah, uh, with him, they'll be different. It'll give him another mature player that can put a little pressure on the on the defense and uh, you know create a basket for them, which you know obviously is really important. Uh, you know, Wisconsin's a team that look what a great. You know, they have great tradition and Greg's done a great job taking over for obviously Bowen. Yes. And that's a really and that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy that created a system and a style of play and an identity um pretty special. I mean, what they've been able to do. You know, Brad Davis is a hard playing tough guy. 
that, you know, it's hard to play against. It's hard to play against, but, you know, you know, you look at it when a Wisconsin team shoot 28% from the three point line, right. You're going to have, you're going to have a problem. Uh, have you, you seen? Have a I, mean, I, I actually like Tyler Wall. Uh, That's a, a my lot. favorite player. Tyler Wall. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He's a competitive guy, but they, they need to get Davis, you know, they need to get him back and they need to get him healthy. And they need, you know, because, you know, they need what, what he can bring. I mean, look, he, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he, he'll be a double figure, 12 to 15 to 17 points a game scorer, gives him some athleticism, gives him a guy who can go create a shot. Uh, but they're, you know, they're rebuilding their whole front court. They're young. I think 11 out of their 12 players are either freshmen or sophomores. And, yeah, and they got so Chucky. I, Have you seen the uh, for the freshman play, Chucky Hepburn? I, I didn't watch them that carefully. We, we had a six-pack up okay. uh, in the studio the other day. I was going back and forth. I mean, I like Providence's team. I, A.J. Reeves, I, I coached it when I took a group to Europe uh, a couple of years back. And Watson is a big, strong, physical inside presence. And Bynum is a you know, pretty dynamic guard. And, uh, you know they've got a nice they've got a nice team. Uh, uh, Providence, in fact, Providence, from what I heard, you know, beat Purdue in their scrimmage. So well, I mean, it's, you know, it's not a terrible loss. So speaking of Purdue, I mean, who do you have? Do you have two teams from the Big Ten? I, I mean, last year I, I thought a few more were going to go to the Final Four, but I would say Michigan and Purdue. Well, Michigan lost last night to Seton Hall. They did, <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure their point guard play is is up to snuff. I do love, I like Eli Brooks. Obviously, Hunter Dickinson is very, very good, very good. I think they've got to find, ha- figure out a way. You know, Caleb Houston, the freshman, is an exciting, talented player. Can really shoot it. I'm not sure he can create shots, uh, but the kid Devontae Jones, the point guard, who is is talented, but. You know, he is a perfect example. You know, he was a really good player at Coastal Carolina. He was a big scorer. The ball was in his hands. He was a, you know, volume shooter. They weren't a great team. Well, you know, now all of a sudden he's got to run a team and make decisions. And, uh, you know, he's, and, and you know, that's going to, that's going to take time. That's right. just going to take time. And, uh, you know, they've got a good roster. Musa Diabite is the, is the, Freshman McDonald's All-American. I think Brandon Johns is ahead of him right now, uh, just because he's more physical. He's more committed on the defensive end. He's you know he's more of a winning college player. They've got good players, but they are young. And they're you know when you lose Michael Smith, you know, and Isaiah Livers, and Isaiah Livers. I mean, you're losing guys that were experienced winning players, and it's just hard to replace guys like that. Yeah, I, Purdue is Purdue is uh, interesting because they're going to have to play the two bigs, uh, but they can't play them together. And you know, Zach Eady is like he—it's he, like playing Nerf basketball. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unbelievable. He's got a seven like five wingspan, and you know he does. They do a great job of getting him into the block and posting him. You know, Trevor Williams is a terrific passer. Caleb First is a really interesting six uh, six nine inch six foot nine inch freshman left handed kid who's really kind of going to be a very good player. You know, Stavonovich makes every every shot that he takes. I think the big thing, you know, for Purdue, and, and they're getting they're getting good point guard play right now, is they're getting solid point guard play. Uh, and if they get, you know, continue to get Isaiah Thompson and Eric Hunter between the two, they've got incredible depth. But between the two, uh, if they can get consistent point guard play, you know, they're just dude, when you have a guy like Ivy. Uh, Ivy's a stud. Jaden Ivy to me is is the most. I think he's might be the best guard in the country. I well, mean, overall best guard in the country, he's the most dynamic, pro ready guard in the country. Let's see if they can get away from that first round upset that they had uh, last year. And and of course, there was no fans or anything. I, if that was the year when you're going to have some upsets without that energy and, and excitement in the arena, it, it probably would have been last year. I want to do a little rapid fire with you before we head out. Best backcourt today? Uh, best backcourt in the country? It's hard to go against UCLA's backcourt, to be honest with you. Between Tiger and Johnny, and, you know, I put Jaime Jaquez and, 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 and um, Jules, I mean that's uh, and that's a that's a that's a pre- that's a pretty impressive impressive backcourt. I it mean, is because they they have, they have all shot makers and floor gamers. And when you have shot makers and floor gamers, 
man, that, that puts a lot of pressure. And, you know, Jules Bernard, who I always another guy that, that, that went, went to Europe with us, uh, the job that, that Mick's done with him has been just absolutely phenomenal. You know, I like the way I like the way Wendell Morris playing at Duke with with Trevor Keels, who I think is one of the best freshmen in the country. Keels is really good. I think Alabama's backcourt is is very very good with uh, Keon Ellis and Shackelford and Javon Quinterly and J.D. Davidson. Uh, I think I think they're 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 very very good. They're going to be fun to watch. I watched them last year. They're just running up and down. Best front court. Yeah, best front court. Best front court is, is going to be interesting to me because you have some teams that have what I call developing developing front courts, and what I mean by that is, uh, you know, like a, like a team like Auburn. Auburn's got Jabari Smith, who's really really good, and Walker Kessler, who has a chance to be uh, phenomenal. They've got depth in their front court. I'll give you a team that nobody even talks about, but. Whose front court is interesting, and and that's Connecticut. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Okay. People in Connecticut. I'm saying, yeah, Connecticut. Just wiping off my words. Adamus Sonogo. It's an absolute beast, beast. And you compliment him by Isaiah Whaley, who's a really terrific defender. You got a cook, a cook who uh, is back off an Achilles injury, who's got a chance to be really good. I mean. You got to look at Purdue. I mean, how many guys have a guy like Travion Williams who can pass it out of double teams and score right. rebound at Zach Eady? I mean, you know, Caleb First is six nine, is six nine, and and really, really talented. I think I think Kentucky is developing a front court, but I, you, know, you got to mention Kentucky for no other reason than Oscar Sheebway is a joke. Like the ball, he he is the most relentless rebounder I've ever seen. Own guys over. Uh, to rebound the ball, it's 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 phenomenal. It's, it really is phenomenal uh, watching him. But I'd say the best overall at the end by the season's end will be Duke. All right, and uh, and and the reason being, you know, you got Bancaro. That guy's a stud. Uh, you got, you've got Mark. You've got Mark Williams, who really is a terrific shot blocker. I think Adrian Griffin is going to be really really good when he gets going and is healthy. And and those three guys together. Uh, that's a that's a talented, talented, talented group. I mean, Becaro is just really, really unique. So, who's your breakout player? I got a lot of breakout players. That's the problem. One, is, uh, you know, you know, you're, you're looking. Well, well, Foster, wait a second. It might be your show, but you can, you know, <laughs> you can ask ask me questions, and I'll give you the answer I want to give you. Right now, right now, the breakout players. Wendell Moore has a triple double, okay. fifteen to five the other day. I mean, he's he's been he's been really really good. I mean, just to you know to start you know to start the season. Uh, Marcus Sasser, I don't know if he's he's a breakout, but uh, what he did to Virginia was. I mean, he dominated Virginia. I'm not saying that, you know, he's a total breakup. Max Christie's a guy no one's talking about at Michigan State. He's a freshman guard who's who's Great. really another Big Ten player really I need good. to worry about. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very, very, very good. I think he's gonna have a a monster, monster season. Uh you know, speaking of got teams that are gonna break out, watch out for Notre Dame now. I'm just telling you. Really? <laughs> Yeah, watch out for Notre Dame. They're going to be a little bit better than uh, the people. Think. Better than think them. Matt Meyer at, at Baylor is going to have a monster year as a you know as a guy that you know his role is significantly changed. I'll give you I'll give you a, a great sleeper team that no one's talking. Yes, about. that's that's Arizona. Uh, no one's even talking about. It. It's, oh, it's all my friends are going to like this. Yeah. Arizona sleeper I'll team. Arizona's. Uh, I, I give Sean Miller. He left them a, a good, a good young nucleus, and they've added to it. Uh, Zulus Tabellus is really good. Uh, Matherin, Benedict Matherin is really good. I mean, really good. I mean, like two potential pros. Coloco is uh, just he's humongous. He takes up space. He rebounds the ball. He can. He finishes around a basket. Uh, he's got really, really good hands. I mean, I, I, I was re- I, I watched a bunch of tape on him yesterday, and I walked away. Kirk Chris is a different player now that he's got a year under his belt. Uh, uh, they, they have you know, Dale and Terry's you know kind of can score, can rebound it, makes plays. Uh, 
handles the ball. Uh, I think Tommy Lloyd's going to do a great job with that program. Uh, but you got to give Sean Miller credit. He left them a good roster. Yes. Uh, and, you know, here's something that maybe in today's game, we always talk about uh, Casey, one of your good players and my former roommate. We always talk about one of the great, one of the great officials of the NBA, NBA, right? And I think he's moving his way up, but the best lunch pail guys, the garbage guys, those are the ones that never get credit. Who's your favorite lunch pail guy, your garbage player rebounds. What's out the best rebounder in the country is Oscar Sheboy. He's not a lunch pail player. He's just, he's just a, he is a tough, hard nosed winning player. I mean, he's just a, but probably along those lines, I, I love JTT, Jonathan Shama Chachua uh, at Baylor. I mean, you don't have to run a play for him. He can guard out on the floor. He's got a, a real toughness to him. Justin Mutz at Virginia Tech is a, a relentless competitor. And Virginia Tech is another team that's going to be undervalued. I went and watched their practice. They're probably one of the best offensive teams in the okay. country. And Justin Mutz is a, just a hard-nosed, hard-nosed uh, winning player. I mean, really uh, just a physical, tough, aggressive uh, winning player. So, you know, Jonathan Chamachachua has got great uh, – I think he's a great story, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, he's just a guy. David McCormick, I think, is a guy that – another guy that could, could kind of break through. I and mean, he had a good year last year. Yeah, he has to be a really good player for Kansas this year, but Kansas is going to be – Really, you know, just have a, have a special se- season. Nate Watson, the kid at Providence, the same thing. I mean, I'll tell you what: the other the sleeper team in the uh, in the Big East after watching yesterday is 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 Seton Hall. Uh, really, really good. Now, there'll be some good games today because St. John's has a big game today, and so does Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. Yeah, Michigan State plays Butler. So, but uh, those are kind of some guys to look at. Uh, a good blend guy is Miles Kale, the kid at Seton Hall. I'm really impressed with him. Uh, Jared Roden's a guy that's going to have a monster season once he gets healthy. I just think there's there's a, there are going to be more good teams this year, Bronxter, because because of the portal, because of the NCAA giving guys an extra year back because of of, of the pandemic. Yep, you have more teams that have experience. So one of those teams that's coming back with experience and let's bring it back to the West Coast and you're watching all these big time programs practice. I get to go watch UC Irvine and Long Beach State. What do you know about Irvine? What do you know about Long Beach State? Yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't know a ton. I'm not going to sit here and pump take my way through that. I know what Christian Welp, uh, the yep. big kid at, uh, at Irvine. Yep. Yeah, Colin Welp. Well, I'm about to talk to Dan Dockage on Dan Dockage show and that's his old college roommate's uh, son. Great player, he's hustles. Really, really, yeah, really, really good. You're gonna love him. Uh, I, Long Beach State should be in, in in the hunt for the Big West, right? They're an older, more experienced team, right? Yes, their guard play against UCLA. I was impressed. I text Dan, and he goes, "Let's build upon this." Because normally, you know, I'm talking shit about them, but their guard play. Uh, so now, now, here's the thing. So why would you text him then? I mean, I, I, so you're talking crap about my my, my guys, each, and then you and then you're gonna text coach. He knows he's on our podcast. He goes, Fong, we have this love hate relationship, and he goes, you need to come around here more. So I told him, I go, I will come around more. I will watch you. They they have their home opener t- uh, tonight. I don't think I'm gonna make it, but I'm gonna. I told him, I said that was a fun game to watch. Because are you a season ticket holder? No. But Are you season ticket holder at Irvine? No. All right. I try to go to games as much. I'm a. I'm not even a season ticket holder at Modern Day. I just go to games. I'll be in Vegas next week. I'm going to see you. That's unbelievable that you're going to be in Vegas next week. That's I, unbelievable. That was unscripted. Totally unscripted. It's in and out. Maria goes. Of course you're going. It's Wisconsin. You're, you've lost your mind. Well, you, haven't, you haven't lost your mind because we're still looking for it. Exactly. All right. I'm going to let you go, but let who's your final four? Who's in your final four? Fox, I can't pick a final four one week. Early. Season. I, mean, I mean, it's real simple. You would think you would think Gonzaga, UCLA, Duke, and, you know, you can pick a you know an outlier from there. But, uh, I mean, right now, uh, you know, Gonzaga, Duke, and UCLA have – separated themselves. I'm not sold by, by the Texases. I'm not sold by the Michigans. Uh, they haven't, uh, you know, kind of blown me away per se. 
Uh, I do think that the SEC's depth, I'm interested to see how people handle that because the SEC is really, really deep. Uh, like if I had to pick a sleeper, I could uh-huh. go to Auburn and there is a sleeper, baby. Okay. I didn't even think they were a sleeper. I thought they were actually damn good. Yeah, but not Final Four good. No, okay. You, you would think, you, would, you just said Final Four. Do you even do you even listen to your own questions? I do, and that's that, that's part that's part of uh, you know my uh, ADHD kicking in because I know I'm looking at the clock and you said, Bonk Fox, so I got I got I got an hour. Glenn, I can show right now who is better than you. I'm telling you what that you and Len, I, I can see it now. Some wedding business. You guys show up. You change the whole energy, <laughs> the whole place. You take over. And you get a platter of ice cream at one, three o'clock in the morning. I love it. Coach, it's been a blast. I'm going to uh, touch base with you later. Thank you yeah, for everything you week. do. All right. Uh, we'll hook up next week. Definitely. Bye. Done. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Coach Seth Greenberg, ESPN college basketball analyst and podcast host of Bald Men on Campus. It's longer news of the student manager. That's right. Seth Greenberg that gave me the job of the student manager, him and Hondo. And we are finally wrapping this show up. It's been great talking college hoops, stories, longer news out.